what helped us, which is uh, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, a bit funny, is that that time Harry Potter was translated into Estonian. And because Estonia is a small, fast country compared to Hungary, where everything takes more time, the Estonian Harry Potter was released a couple of months earlier than the, the parts of the, the book uh, in Hungary. So my children could already read Harry Potter in Estonian, which their classmates couldn't do in Hung- Hungarian. And so they became so popular because they knew what will happen in the next book. Welcome back to Found in Estonia podcast. My name is Tina and generally I'm here talking with different internationals who are living in Estonia. In this episode, my guest is an Estonian lady called Lea Greinin, who is an Estonian language teacher for uh, Russian-speaking students at the moment. She has also lived a portion of her life in Hungary and she is here to share her experience of living abroad to introduce Hungary to us through an Estonian point of view and to share her story in general. This episode is supported by the Erna Koch Fund, which aims to support cultural collaboration between Estonia and Hungary. I'm glad to have you here, Lea, and let's start from the beginning. Tell us, where did you grow up and when was the first time you remember uh, thinking about moving to Hungary? Hi. Uh, so uh, it is a complicated question because actually um, um, I grew up in Estonia and it was a Soviet time. So um, people didn't really think about, uh, you know, um, moving uh, to live in, uh, in different countries or moving abroad because Soviet Union had an iron curtain around it. But um, I remember Hungary and Hungarian language from my childhood uh, because um, the Estonian Soviet time TV um, used to uh, show uh, the different children films from uh, from different uh, Soviet friendly countries and I remember the Hungarian films and I remember Hungarian language and how it sounded so interesting and I wasn't thinking of uh, starting learning Hungarian when I was a child but later on when I went to the University of Tartu there was a possibility to study Hungarian language and uh, I used it and uh, I never regret it because Hungarian language is a very interesting language and also for Estonians it uh, sounds quite exotic. Uh, the roots are surely Finno-Ugric and uh, there are so many similarities in grammar and uh, even the vocabulary uh, to a certain extent is kind of similar, uh, very old genuine vocabulary. And uh, and it was a big um, how to say it. I'm I'm very glad uh, I I had this opportunity. But how I ended up in Hungary? Uh, when I was a student, I got scholarships to study there for a couple of months now and again. And and then uh, when I uh, I was uh, already I had graduated from university and I did my masters. And then there was an occasion to apply for for a post at the Budapest University, ELTE, uh, as an Estonian lecturer, lecturer of Estonian 
culture and language. And I did it. And also I had no idea that they would pick me. I ended up there. Uh, that time I had two small children. They moved with me uh, to Hungary, went to the Hungarian school, and I started teaching Estonian at Delta University in Budapest. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember actually a couple of weeks ago when I went to a doctor's office here in Tallinn in Estonia, uh, a lady sat next to me and she was speaking with her child in in a foreign language. And first I was like, hey, wait, it's Latvian. Then no, maybe Lithuanian. And then wait a minute. Okay, it's Hungarian. And then recognizing some words that that were really, really interesting. Um, you You mentioned you started teaching Estonian language in Hungary, how big is the interest there? Or how many students did you have? I I taught Estonian at the Department of Finno-Ugric Languages, which um, I would say it was um, fairly popular. And uh, that was a time I remember when Estonia started to become this uh, little shooting star, little goody two shoes of European Union. It, although it wasn't European Union time yet, but uh, Estonia started to uh, to uh, become very uh, very nice, good, uh, fast developing country, which um, gave, which was um, which was given as an example for other post-Soviet countries. Look, Estonia, Estonia can do it. Why can't you? And um, when I went to Hungary, then uh, that time all news came uh, to Hungarian press through uh, the Russian um, media because um, during the Soviet occupation, a lot of Hungarian journalists studied in, in Moscow and they spoke uh, Russian, and therefore a lot of news about Estonia were taken from uh, directly from the Russian media. So they were not, um, how to say, they were ba- uh, biased. And um, and o- very often Estonia was shown like a very nationalistic, in a bad sense of meaning, uh, country where the minorities... Uh, Russians are, you know, uh, treated badly and so on and so on. And then suddenly uh, the shift happened. So uh, Hungarian media also started to take news directly from uh, other European uh, media channels. And uh, the renome of Estonia uh, became better and better. And uh, Estonia became like an example country. And um, that was a time when I was really proud to be Estonian. And uh, when Estonia joined the EU, Hungary joined the same time. Then I happened to be in Hungary and then a couple of TV channels asked me over to give an interview and Estonia became even more popular. And uh, I would say that there was no masses who wanted to study Estonian, but there was fairly maybe seven to ten people in each group, maybe a little bit less, who uh, who learned Estonian at that time. Mm. Uh, what year was it when you moved to Est- um, moved to Hungary? Uh, two thousand. Two thousand. Okay, and we joined the EU in two thousand ten. Right? Mm-hmm. No. Oh no, that's when we got the euro. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, two thousand. Yeah. 
Estonia joined the European Union in 2004. Okay. <laughs> and when you moved to Hungary to teach Estonian, did you already speak Hungarian? Yes, I did. Because I uh, I studied Hungarian at Tartu University. I started uh, to study Hungarian only as a, I don't know, like a foreign language. But then uh, we got a new and very active lecturer from Hungary, Peter Pomozi, Pomozi Peter. Um, and then uh, everybody wanted to become a Hungarian student. And uh, we had a really good um, intensive course, like seven or eight hours per week, Hungarian. So after a couple of months, I could already speak. And then uh, very, um, um, I think it was, Half a year later, I got a scholarship, a half-year scholarship uh, to uh, Budapest University. I spent uh, half a year in Budapest. And then when I came back, I was already fluent. Mm, wow, that, that sounds really fast. So Estonian language and Hungarian language are in the same language family. Did it make it easier to learn the language? Yes, yes, it did. Because grammar is very uh, similar. And uh, also, I would say the way... Uh, of people, how they think, of people thinking, it's very similar. Uh, the kind of inner logic of language is uh, is similar, and uh, it made it much easier. And also, uh, both countries and both languages have a very big influence from German, which also made it easier. And you know, it's just an Europe European language, European culture. Although um, for Estonians, um, Hungary is something really exotic. And Hungary is, um, you know, between East and West and like a border, borderline country, uh, strong influence from the East. And at the same time, it's very European and very Western country, mm-hmm. which makes it even more interesting. Yeah, speaking about the exoticness of Hungary, when you first arrived to Hungary as a student, how was it? Was it totally different for you or you already knew what to expect? Uh, We had study trips to Hungary when I was a student. And of course, as a student, um, I was mostly attracted uh, by the cheap red wine. (laughs) Hungary is a wine country and... um, we had like very good parties with Hungarian students and we had a very interesting um, social life there. I really like the openness of Hungarians uh, because Estonians are sometimes, uh, you know, um, not introverts, but Estonians are very careful who they, you know, approach and what they talk and how they are and uh, also uh, it's very difficult maybe it's not difficult but it's more complicated to make friends in Estonia but in Hungary I got so many friends and I really even now I keep in touch with a lot of them and um, and Hungarians are so friendly and so um, how to say open yeah and also as as a student I was mesmerized by the Hungarian pride, which, um, you know, we are peasants, Estonians are a nation of peasants. We, um, our culture is so thin, 
and Hungary as an old kingdom and all this, you know, um, this history full of kings and conquests and and so on. It was uh, it was interesting and. I liked the pride of Hungarians, how proud they were about their country. And uh, now maybe as I have uh, grown older, I may not think the same anymore. But mm. uh, that time, it re- it was really appealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were there any uh, traditions uh, uh, that were really unexpected that you didn't uh, that that were really surprising for you? I don't really know. I think that uh, uh, what was surprising for me was how Hungarians greet each other and this pussy pussy uh, or, you know, like uh, giving kisses on your cheeks. Okay. Uh, friends and, and even people who don't know them uh, each other maybe so well, they still kiss each other. And kissing is something which is very intimate for Estonians. At the same time, me and my friends, we used to hug each other when we see. And still, you know, you see an old friend, you hug them. But in Hungary, hugging was something which was really intimate. And uh, it took us time to realize that uh, maybe it's not the best idea to hug all Hungarians we know. But uh, and at the same time, the kissing uh, was a bit, uh, you know, it took time to get used to it. And uh, also what was difficult for me was uh, when I was already speaking Hungarian, but I didn't really know um, exactly how to be polite in Hungarian. And the system of politeness is quite complicated in Hungarian. So uh, there are different ways uh, to to express it. Uh, in, In English, it's very, you know, I would say primitive because it's only you. You is a person you look up to and you is somebody who is uh, maybe a child. Uh, and uh, in Estonian, there is sina ja teie, you and, and, and you in, in plural. And you in plural is also a polite term. Addressing someone whom you want to be polite. It's very formal. But in Hungarian, uh, this system was even much more complicated so uh, it was uh, it was quite a challenge to 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 learn it what makes it the more difficult do they use feminine and masculine expressions so this is like an old culture and then this kind of uh, noble way of um, of approaching people and addressing them and uh, and there are even when you know if you think of french or or German, or, you know, uh, Russian, or whatever other language, then there are usually two opposites. One is you as a informal, and the other one is you as formal, yeah? Like, uh, in French, uh, du uh, and vous. And uh, in German, this is sie and du, yeah? But uh, in, in Hungarian, there are even more variations. And you should really pick the right variation to be polite. Mm. And uh, this was quite difficult to learn. Well, I like how many different language uh, language examples you can bring. How many languages do you speak? Oh, I don't know. It 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 um, it depends on what you mean by speaking. 
if you I, I when I was in UK I lived also in UK then I was shocked when people said yeah I speak two or three languages and all they could say in this language was like I love you and uh, how much does the beer cost and they already think that they kind of speak it but um, I think Estonians generally speak a lot of languages and uh, and uh, it also has culturally always been like this because we have lived uh, due to historical events which we couldn't really help <laughs> you know uh, we have lived in big uh, unions and big uh, em- empires and so on and uh, Estonians have always uh, managed uh, speaking a couple of languages but um, I would say I have learned a lot of languages but um, how do you put it <laughs> um, maybe seven Oh, Six, okay. seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would like to learn more languages. Now I'm learning uh, Swedish. Oh, wow. Started recently. That's impressive. Really cool. And if you, with so many, um, such a, a big language knowledge, went to Hungary, you could already speak Hungarian, as you said, but how do locals there speak other languages or how well? Uh, they're a lot bigger country. They also had uh, different kings and different um, uh, periods in their history. But uh, how uh, how well do they speak other languages? Um, unfortunately, Hungarians speak uh, less foreign languages. Uh, during the Soviet time, Hungarians spoke a lot of German because German tourists could go to Hungary and stay there. Balaton is still a very uh, popular tourist destination. And uh, and everybody who was involved in tourism, they they could speak German. Uh, maybe now the shift has happened. Younger people speak more English, but there are still people who don't speak any other language, just Hungarian. And that was very good for me because I like to speak Hungarian with them, of course. And a lot of people in Estonia have said those who learn Estonian. They have problems to speak Estonian because Estonians speak so many other languages, and they are very eager to to uh, improve the English or German or Russian, and uh, they don't mind, um, you know, speaking foreign language, which uh, I think that Estonians should also speak more of their own language, so uh, the foreigners who learn their language could learn from them. But yeah, in Hungary, and I think. It's also uh, partly a problem of uh, of having um, films in the cinema which uh, didn't use subtitles, but they are uh, they were what's uh, synchronized. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it the right word? Adapted, I think. Adapted. Yeah, adapted. And uh, and uh, because in Estonia you can go to cinema and, and read subtitles and hear the original language, and um, and uh, that's how you learn. Also in TV, when you watch a film, you always hear the original language. But in Hungary, all films were in Hungarian, mm-hmm. which didn't make it easier, of course, to learn a language. That's true. Yeah, we can, as Estonian, we can, we can always hear the English language or the original uh, film language when you go to the cinema. Uh, if you look back to your time in Hungary during the student time and after as a lecturer in the university. What describes Hungary for you? Um, 
I mean, uh, maybe the best description would be uh, warm, welcoming, and um, what was the third one? <laughs> I, now, now I I can't say it so um, so quickly, but but uh, yeah, warm and welcoming, maybe, yeah. Because it is warm, because the climate is much warmer than in Estonia, and uh, you know, um, summers are longer and winters are milder. And uh, I remember once I had I had worked in Budapest a couple of months, and we went home to Estonia for Christmas. And in Estonia, it was like a deep winter, very depressing, cold, and miserable, and and dark, and so on minus degrees and then we came back to Hungary by car and once we uh, entered Hungary the birds, were, the birds were chirping, sun was shining and it was like plus six degrees, it was uh, mid-January and it was so nice, so warm, the sun was shining and in Estonia you couldn't see the sun before March or something maybe mid mid february and uh, and also hungarians are very very welcoming and warm hearted and um, and i always i'm always very glad to go to hungary and speak to them and just random people from the streets they are so so helpful even if you don't need any assistance you just look at the map or nowadays everybody is looking on the phone, you know, the GPS or something. They come to help you. And, oh, are you lost? Where do you want to go? And uh, and it's really nice. And people speak to each other, which is also nice. That is nice. That sounds really nice. <laughs> and if you say that people are really welcoming, are they only welcoming to the people who speak Hungarian like you? Or were they welcoming to your children as well? And did they speak uh, Hungarian? Yeah, they were welcoming, and uh, and um, my children didn't speak Hungarian before we moved to Hungary, and uh, they went to the Hungarian school, and they started speaking Hungarian in a couple of months. Wow, and, so uh, <laughs> Yeah, it it was good. Yeah, and uh, the school uh, school was also good, and and uh, that time because they were not so many uh, migrant children. Uh, for for them uh, for the school i mean it was quite unusual to have children who didn't speak hungarian and i think my children were one of the first ones there in school and i am um, so thankful to the school because they could adapt so quickly and uh, and they were very very welcoming and helpful towards the children as well of course uh, they were homesick and um what helped us, which is uh, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, a bit funny, is that that time Harry Potter was translated into Estonian. And because Estonia is a small, fast country compared to Hungary, where everything takes more time, the Estonian Harry Potter was released a couple of months earlier than the, the parts of the, the book uh, in Hungary. So my children could already read Harry Potter in Estonian, which their classmates couldn't do in Hung Hungarian. And so they became so popular because they knew what will happen in the next book. 
and and all the friends were like, oh, please tell me, please tell me, is this still alive? And what is Dumbledore doing? And all these things, you know, which uh, which was uh, which was good. And also when they read in Estonian, it um, somehow helped with the homesickness, mm. which was good. Mm-hmm. So they started reading a lot. That's so nice to have this advantage of Harry Potter. <laughs> Uh, if your children felt homesick and they were reading in Estonia, did you feel homesick as well? And uh, what did you miss from Estonia? It is very diff- uh, difficult to say because I love Hungarians and I love Hungary. And I was enjoying myself. But um, somehow I also became homesick. And what I really missed was this... Um, from one side I missed food. I missed even the coffee as Estonians drink it, because the Hungarian coffee is different. It's more like Italian. Yeah. and um, So it's like a tiny uh, shot? Yeah, the tiny say. shot, which is really strong, mm-hmm. and it tastes different. It is like burnt or uh. darker or somehow. And I missed the Estonian coffee, I missed the Estonian bread and, and the Estonian fish, uh, kilo, a little uh, pickled um, little fishy, and also Baltic herring and uh, all kind of uh, Estonian foods. And what I found was IKEA. At that time, uh, Hungary already had a couple of IKEAs. And when I was really homesick, I took a metro and I went to IKEA and uh, I went to the canteen and I ordered, you know, the Swedish food is very similar to Estonian food. And also IKEA was one place you could uh, buy I don't know, lingonberry jam and and uh, and foods which were more like Estonian foods. And also everybody already knew when they came to Hungary, they, they brought me a lot of Estonian bread and I just froze it and uh, then I used it later on, which, uh, which also helped with my homesickness. But, um, but actually, um, I wasn't so homesick. I mean that I enjoyed Hungary. I enjoyed being in a separate, uh, different cult- uh, country with a different culture. And uh, because my colleagues also at the university, some of them spoke Estonian. Uh, my best colleague, Andres Baratski, he is half Estonian. So um, I, I didn't really miss speaking Estonian or, or um, you know, feeling um, isolated somehow. Mm-hmm. And when you moved to Hungary with your children, was the thought process that I'm going to live there forever or just a small amount of time? Um, you know, um, applying for a lectureship at the university, mm-hmm. it is always temporary. Mm-hmm. It's um, maybe five, six years and that's it. And I knew that um, that um, we may come back, but... Um, you know, people sometimes root in a different country. They make friends. They get, you know, um, you know, fall in love with someone, and and they got another job, and they they may, you know, stay there. And I was thinking of staying in Hungary, and mostly because of my children's school, because they went to a very good school there, and um, and. Uh, they enjoyed themselves. They had a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends. I um, I don't know, but then I got um, 
I got the possibility to apply for a lectureship at a different university, which happened to be Glasgow University in Scotland. And the same happened that I didn't think I would get this post and I just applied and and I got the job and then we had to move to, to Glasgow and my children were not happy about it. They didn't want to move anywhere from Hungary and even the school was so nice. We had an agreement in case my children would not like it in Scotland, they could always come back and they could stay at the dormitory of the school and finish the school, uh, you know, graduate from the school in Hungary. But uh, luckily, my children started to like Scotland as well. So, uh, But the one year, they were parallelly students uh, at Hungarian secondary school and also in Scotland in a new school. Mm. So just to keep, you know, all gates open. Did they also do homework for Hungary as well, or they were just on the list? They were just on the list, so they could go back, but mm. uh, they didn't do any homework. But when they had school holidays from uh, Glasgow, uh, from uh, from Scotland, they uh, I put them on a flight to Hungary, so they went back to Hungary for a week mm. and went to school in Hungary, <laughs> mm. which was very extreme, probably. <laughs> Uh, but what are the differences in school system in Hungary and in Estonia? And I think they are quite similar, mm-hmm. um, which uh, means that um, as, a, as a tradition from the Soviet time, our uh, both our countries have a very wide, uh, what to say, wide-based education. So there are so many different uh, subjects people have to study at school and uh, when we were in Scotland and it was shocking then you know you you have to pick your own subjects and you can pick like literature drama and physical education and and art and then uh, English and maths is uh, compulsory and what education will you get you know but in Hungary it's the same like in Estonia Uh, you have to learn everything chemistry physics history, literature, language, you know, and it gives you a wider basis to to decide once you are you are graduating from your school, you could uh, you could go to any university which uh, you know if you have only a couple of topics, a couple of subjects you take, it restricts it restricts your uh, your um, chooses or you can't choose Uh, you know if you haven't done any any physics or chemistry uh, uh, in a secondary school you can't go to university and study physics and chemistry that's what I mean yeah that's true yeah and uh, were the classes same size as in Estonia yeah yeah they were but what what I really liked in Hungary and I'm very thankful uh, which was uh, at the at the Hungarian school, the music education was extraordinary in a very good level. So um, before my st- uh, children started to speak Hungarian, they started to sing in Hungarian, oh. little folk tunes. They started to play recorder. So uh, the music education is that uh, all children learn how to sing from the, um, you know, from what you call it from the songbook yeah? yeah and also they learn how to play recorder and, um, and by recorder and, you mean like 
play and stop button, click it? Or? No, no, uh, block float. Ah, okay, okay. Block float is recorder in English. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. I'm learning uh, new so, languages. Uh, the wooden, uh, wooden uh, music mm -hmm. instrument, okay. uh, which uh, also teaches them how to sing, you know, how to read the music which uh, in Estonia only those could do who have gone to special music schools and learn how to do it. But in Hungary, everybody could do it because the music education was extraordinary. Uh, thanks to, uh, you know, um, the names everybody knows in Estonia as well, like Zoltan Kodai, who, uh, who um, you know, uh, created this system. But in Estonia, uh, it, you know, it wasn't used so widely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's really nice that they learned this um, music system with this instrument. And Estonians are usually proud that they learn like uh, needlework and uh, crochet and knitting at school. Was that taught as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they also um, learned uh, different crafts. And um, I, I would say it was a very good education. And also they had, uh, uh, this school where they went to, they had like ski camps in wintertime. They went to Austria to ski. Yes. School children, like a double-decker bus was full of school children. They went there to ski from school. And also in summertime, they had different camps. I remember the triathlon camp and, uh, and uh, also um, hiking camps and other camps. And also what was very popular in Hungary, they called it um, the forest school, which uh, the tradition became from, uh, from Germany. Uh, it was mainly for urban children who couldn't be in the nature. So they didn't know anything about nature and agriculture. And they were taken the last week of the school in May or early June they were taken somewhere out of town. They went for a week in some um, in camping in the middle of, uh, of nowhere, in a forest or uh, somewhere in a farm. And they learned, uh, they were like, a, it was like a learning time, but they learned like hands-on. They went to the farm, they stroked the animals, they learned how to feed them, or they went to the forest and learned all about the nature, the trees and the plants. And this was very cool. Mm -hmm. Sounds really nice, organized by the school. I know in Estonia, there are a lot of like children camps that are held in the countryside where you can, yeah. depending on the team, can maybe learn something about animals or, or about the different uh, nature games and so on. That's really awesome. Um, and while your children were going to the school and going to some uh, uh, learning about the forest and about the animals, did you make any trips in Hungary as well to other parts outside of uh, Budapest? Yes, yes. And um, that was interesting that some of my Hungarian friends said that you have been to more places than we have ever been. Because um, already when I was a student, my lecturer took us to Hungary, to all places which were somehow remarkable in Hungarian history. And uh, we visited uh, different churches, different museums. And also when I was there, I always felt like I should take the most of it. And uh, 
then it was an occasion we always went somewhere and also uh, when I was in Hungary I um, started study at the um, school of uh, tour guides so I uh, graduated from there and I have a tour guide license um, I'm one of three Estonians who have a license to guide in Hungary and it was also very interesting. We learned all these little villages, which I know that I would never go there with Estonian tourists, but uh, they were somehow remarkable in the, in the Hungarian history, and we had to learn them. And we learned about the Hungarian gastronomy and and uh, you know the history of the religions in Hungary, which is also very interesting. There is like um, the biggest biggest part is Catholic, but they're also Calvinist. And, and also like some 6% of Luther, Lutherans, which is the main um, religion in Estonia. But um, all kinds of things, I mean, I learned there, it was all very interesting and I'm very thankful that I could do it. Yeah, if you learned about those tiny villages and before you mentioned that Hungarians are really welcoming and uh, warm and polite, are the little villages built up the same way as Estonian villages where everybody has their own huge garden and fences that the neighbors wouldn't see what they're up to if they w would w walk outside or is it different? Mm. Historically, the villages are quite different from Estonian villages. The villages usually, the houses are built quite um, near to each other because they had to protect them, you know, uh, from the enemy, and, uh, and the village in Estonia is something like uh, there is a sign up, oh, the village will begin. And then there is one house and the other one, one uh, other house, maybe 200 meters away. And then that's a village. But actually there are more houses, but we can't see them because they are, you know, apart from each other. And Estonians really like to be, you know, alone with the nature and they don't want any neighbors to peek over the fence that what you are doing there but in Hungary people uh, live more tightly together and uh, and of course they have also fences and uh, and you know uh, you can't just go and trespass other people's courtyards and so on but but um, yeah I mean that people are just living uh, more closely to each other in in villages as well and uh, they are maybe communicating more with the neighbors than Estonians do, mm -hmm. I suppose. <laughs> That's nice. Um, as a tour guide, I imagine that you were also learning more about the um, different uh, traditions and the food. And before yeah. you mentioned that uh, you missed a bit Estonian food, but what is the culinary scene of Hungary? What is the food scene like over there? Uh, now I should say honestly that um, I didn't. Um, I, I I'm not a big fan of uh, Hungarian culinary uh, because <laughs> they they cook everything. They cook everything uh, very long time. So everything is cooked and cooked and cooked for hours, and and um, they use the same in, uh, the same uh, seasoning like. Uh, this paprika powder, they put it everywhere, and it all tastes the same for me. And sometimes it was like some kind of perkelt, for example. You couldn't even make out if this was a fish 
uh, chicken, beef, pork or mushrooms or whatever is in there because, uh, you know, for me it wasn't um, maybe so um, exciting. Uh, but uh, I like the way um, the, you know, uh, all kind of little uh, cook- cookies and, and the cakes I really liked because if you go uh, in Hungary to Sukrasda, uh, which is like a coffee shop, but the, the stress is not on a coffee like in the Estonian coffee shop, but the stress is obviously on the ca- little cakes and, and cookies and and uh, pastries and, and uh, all kind of uh, nice sweet things, which I really like. Um, and, um, and they could do. You know, they could make a lot of uh, nice things like these retash, um, which is like um, like the, the uh, German strudel, which is filled with uh, different fillings. And um, I really like the fillings of uh, which um, you can't uh, find in Estonia so easily, like uh, like poppy seeds. And uh, Hungarians have a lot of stuff with poppy seeds. Also, the, um, the edible chestnut chestnut cream, which is very popular, and um, yeah, I I like the pastries and the cakes. Yeah, they are very very good. <laughs> nice. I also heard that Hungary has a lot of peaches, or apricots, peaches. I think. Yeah, peaches and apricots. Yeah, uh, the ve- vegetation period for plants is like uh, around two months o- uh, longer than in Estonia. So uh, the sun, there is more sun. There is the the ground, the soil is more fertile than in Estonia, which we have like sand or clay or stones or whatever. So uh, everything grows there, and you go there in summertime, and this beautiful beautiful fields of uh, sunflowers and uh, and corn and uh, and also the you know the watermelon melon uh, apricot all kind of exotic fruits uh, which Estonians have to buy in shops and they don't taste the same you go to the market uh, fortunately i lived quite close to the central market in budapest and this is visually very beautiful, but then also you go to you admire all these nice fruits there and you buy an apricot or a peach and you can't even touch it. it it's already running, the juice is running down on your fingers and it tastes absolutely wonderful. And you go to Estonia and buy a peach from the shop or from the market, it doesn't taste like the same because you can't transport them, they are so ripe. But you can go to, and there's also like signs up, please don't touch the peaches because you can't go there and touch everything before you buy them because it just falls apart between your fingers. And and this, yeah, and I also like that the, the, um, the walnuts, for example, and all kinds of nuts and, and seeds, they grow there and, and it is absolutely wonderful. When I was a student, I didn't have very much money, of course, scholarship was small and in uh, in October we just went to the park and we found a lot of walnuts in the park and we just collected them and ate them uh-huh. and, uh, and you know you can be a gatherer in uh, in Hungarian nature and you would probably survive just from picking things from nature and eating them oh really cool well in Estonia you could 
I guess, do the same with the blueberries in the summertime, mm -hmm. but you yeah. would need more effort because blueberries are so tiny <laughs> yeah. to pick them. Yeah. And when you were um, living in Hungary for such a long time, how much did people know about Estonia? And what did you usually tell them that, what did you want them to know about Estonia? Yeah, it, it also, there was a shift. <laughs> there was a there was a shift when I was there. First, uh, they didn't know much. They saw uh, they knew that Estonia was a former Republic of Soviet Union, and um, some people knew that Estonian and Hungarian languages related. And unfortunately, nowadays there are more and more people who don't want to be related to Estonian language. That they are, you know. Um, they think that the Hungarians are related to Sumerians and Egyptians, and I don't know what, but uh, scientifically it, it is, of course, bullshit. But people in Hungary, they uh, they want to have uh, better relatives than some finno ugric peoples, who, most of whom are living in Siberia and eating raw fish, you know. This is not so, so prestigious. But um, yeah, and I always remember that Hungarians had this kind of uh, um, feeling of uh, of being less because they didn't have relatives in Europe. They live there, they are surrounded by Slavonic people, the German language, but um, nobody speaks Finno-Ugric language near them. And then suddenly there are some weird nations living somewhere up north and, you know, as I said, eating raw fish, and they are the relatives. But, um, of course, Finland is very prestigious relative, but Estonia maybe um, wasn't so glamorous, you know. And uh, first I heard the opinions that, are oh, you all Russians, you know, you do you speak Russian? Why, why are you call yourself Estonians? You are from Soviet Union, it means you are Russian. But then suddenly, when uh, also the media started to speak more about Estonia and Estonia's achievements. And once we got into European Union together with Hungarians, more and more people started to, to appreciate and, and, uh, and evaluate Estonians and our achievements. And also it wasn't so unpopular to be language related to us. So I mean that genetically we are not related, but our languages are related. And it became even like prestigious, you know, Estonians. And they sometimes, uh, they even uh, look at us with envy. They say, oh, you are so good and, and you are doing so well. And we Hungarians, uh, we are not doing so well because of all these kind of external uh, things, of course, why they don't do so well. <laughs> but I think that uh, if you are from the small country, small countries always have... Uh, uh, you know, it's not so difficult to introduce new things and, and start new things because if you are a big country, then it takes more time and big countries are more inert. And um, also, I think Hungarian state has much more bureaucracy than in Estonia. And, um, and this was also the thing which I didn't like there very much. But yeah, they know, they know Estonians and, uh, and uh, yeah. And even in Estonia, there are more and more Hungarians who have moved here in recent years and they feel at home here and they like it here. Do you have uh, Hungarian friends in Estonia as well? 
Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. That makes sense. And if you were living as an Estonian in Hungary and in other countries as well, but if uh, any Hungarians or other internationals would move to Estonia, what would be your uh, advice for them? How to make Estonian friends? Uh, I would say that Estonians are maybe a bit introvert. They are not so talkative, but they are very sincere and deep in their hearts. They they like people. They are interested in you. They just don't know how to express express it verbally. Uh, so give Estonians some time, uh, and uh, also smile to them, and they smile back. Sometimes they just don't know how to initiate the conversation. Once you have started it, they are very, very pleased and they are very eager to speak to you. And also, uh, they would be very happy if you if you started learning Estonian, because language is very important for us. And um, language is a very big part of our identity. And we always love those foreigners who have started learning Estonian have shown appreciation towards our language and um, also yeah give Estonians some time and make the first steps yourself and uh, I'm sure you will find a lot of friends among Estonians because we are a friendly nation (laughs) that's nice and you as a language teacher do you have any tips for learning Estonian yeah, Estonian language is a beautiful language. It is not difficult. Don't uh, don't look at you know some people post in Facebook that oh it is the most difficult language of the world and you will never learn it. This is not true. Start uh, you know little steps. There are very good and free of charge language learning programs like Gaelic, for example, which is supported by Estonian state and European Union, which is very good, very professional. And um, and just start learning it. And Estonian language um, doesn't have any hidden tricks of pronunciation. Everything is you know, written and pronounced very regular. Also, we don't have grammatical gender. Uh, you know, it's not that difficult language. There are much more difficult languages in the world. And uh, I think it's a very beautiful language. This is a really nice encouragement. And I really like your uh, tips and advice for making Estonian friends. With that said, thank you for being my guest today. I really enjoyed seeing and hearing your enthusiasm when you were talking about Hungary and uh, remembering your memories and stories from there. And for all the listeners, thank you guys for listening. And as always... Find more about Found in Estonia on its website, which is foundinestonia.ee. You can also join our email newsletter, which comes out once a month, uh, giving an overview about the episodes that are coming out or other things that are happening. And find Found in Estonia on Facebook and Instagram and share it with your friends who you think would like to listen to it as well. See you in the next episode. Bye.